0: Get ready for this week's Author Platform Bootcamp, helping you to get your book seen online and leap right over those technical hurdles. You can check out the show notes for this week's podcast to get all of the information that you need. And here's your show host, Paul T.
1: Hello, and welcome to the first ever Author Platform Bootcamp. This is dated Wednesday, the 12th of October, 2016. And in this episode, we're going to be talking all about using Twitter to grow your author platform. Thriller author Ian Sutherland is about to launch a new service for other authors called Author Platform Sidekick where he's going to nurture author platforms by focusing on growing your Twitter followers and your email subscribers using that social media outlet. Now this project came about because he had mastered Twitter early on in his own author career and then published his first non-fiction book called Advanced Twitter Strategies for Authors to pass on all of the tricks and the techniques that he'd learned from that. The main site is based at authorplatformsidekick.com, and I'm actually one of Ian's beta testers for this new service. Ian is building up a Twitter account for me, at secretbunkerfan on Twitter, and in these occasional episodes of Author Platform Bootcamp, we're going to be hearing how he's doing it and what results we've had so far. When we caught up to discuss the first month's results, I asked Ian what the basic premise of this service is
0: as you know i'm I'm the author of a book called Advanced Twitter Strategies for Authors and that came out in uh, April last year and in it, I um, put together all of the best practice techniques that I'd learned or researched and discovered myself um, over the year before as I tried to get my name out there as a as a as a fiction author and um, I encapsulated all those in the book and the book's done very well, and the people who've uh, bought it and read it and applied it love it the, the reviews are great but it's one of those things to, to apply all those te- techniques even though there's a lot of automation um, there's a there's a fairly hefty setup curve and then on top of that there's a kind of daily activity that you need to do on Twitter if you really want to grow your following to you know large numbers and so I, um, I I've been considering this for a while and so I, I I've done some more research. Around some of the tools in the market and some of the other things I can do, and I think I found a way to to be able to do this on behalf of other authors, and that that really is the key thing here as a, as some kind of service. And that means that I can I can then take on all of the setup stuff for them, which for some people you know can be quite technical. Um, and then I've also figured out a way to scale. the the daily task of following lots of people on Twitter so that you can then attract followers is one of the the quickest ways to grow your follower base. So that was the reason around doing it. And so rather than just launch a service and do it for real, I thought the smartest thing to do would be to have a kind of small beta. Um, So I approached my email list, which I've been building through Twitter, um, and uh, I approached the authors on my email list. and. And I selected 10 people, of which you're one, Paul, um, to be part of the, the beta. And, uh, and that's, the, that's what I've been going through. And we're a month into it now. So I've now got a month of data to report on. So, uh, and it's been an interesting experiment so far. I've learned an awful lot, <laughs> <laughs> um, not just on Twitter, but also on actually what it would really take to set this up as a professional service that I would obviously charge for the future.
1: Now I was really interested in this because you were a podcast uh, interviewer podcast guest and we talked about this in your interview and you um, immediately rekindled my interest in Twitter Um, and I went out and bought your book and read your book it's a really good book Uh, you know very very good so I highly recommend that Um, but you rekindled my interest because I I did Twitter it must have been 2009 2010 when I was doing internet marketing and I remember using a tool called social lump and I still have an account that, that I haven't used you know in years and I remember, uh, you know, I used to auto tweet back in the day, and um, you know, do all of this. And then um, when I stopped internet marketing, I, I just let it die and fizzle out. And I didn't really use Twitter for a while. But as an author, it's really got my interest again because I'm finding it brilliant to find podcast guests like you. This is how I discovered you, um, and I'm finding it brilliant. It's really got me interested. So when I spoke to you, I thought, "Ooh, I'm in on this. I want to have a go at this." And uh, I just find it as an author. Brilliant. I'm I'm assuming this is the experience you've had, which is what's inspired this.
0: Yeah, I mean, so my uh, use of Twitter has been... You know, I originally thought you could just use Twitter as a platform, get your reach out there, and you'd sell millions of books. And I don't actually think that's true, and I'm certainly not going to be positioning this as something that has a direct correlation to bestseller status on Amazon or anything like that. Um, But having... Lots of followers and ha- having lots of activity on Twitter gives you massive reach, and it gives you an ability to to share and talk a lot about yourself or others. Um, as you've as you've read the book, you'll know that I'm a big believer in the kind of classic eighty twenty rule of eighty percent of what you should do well, on any social platform. But- in, in this case on Twitter um, should be adding value to others and sharing and retweeting and giving good content that's nothing to do with self-promotion which then gives you a license to do the 20% which which can be more self-promotion related and and driving people to to your books or to your website and so on so I've, I've taken all those approaches and, and that's that's where I'm I'm trying to take this for others and if, if you do that Twitter really can become quite a powerful vehicle for you and it can give you region. I've got well over 100,000 followers now on my main fiction account and well over 50, I think it is, I've looked actually for a while, on my non-fiction account related to Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, when you get to those numbers, it just means that, you know, when you're tweeting, you can get uh, you can get, a, get quite a lot of impact.
1: So yeah, what what does that do when you've got those kind of numbers, which many people would look at? I mean, my my um, I've got two Twitter accounts. I've let you have one t- to build, and I've got one that I've had for years, um, which has got about f- uh, four thousand followers. I think on the, the the basic one that I that I run, and um, you know, I, I get lots of activity. I connect with people on there. I don't think I don't think I've ever sold anything directly. Uh, on Twitter, uh, not you know, not that I would know of. So what does it do when you ramp that up to several times what I've got
0: as an audience? What difference do you see? I, so let's be clear. Let's cut to the chase. Does it derive book sales? Yes, it can. Um, and I've got lots of examples of people who I know have bought my books um, because of stuff that I've done on Twitter. But is it in the um, thousands, or tens of thousands of books that you'd need to get onto the USA Today list or something like that. No, absolutely not. And I don't think Twitter, organic Twitter, because I'm not talking about Twitter advertising here, which is different, um, will really do that. So I think we should ideally separate book sales as a direct result of activity on on Twitter from anything else. So then what else can it give you? Well, the thing that I, other than interacting with new people, discovering new people, you a bit like you mentioned earlier, about finding people for podcasts, for example, um, the number one thing I use it for is to uh, is to build my email list. Okay, so um, when someone follows me, I and then I'm building this into the service. Um, I will tweet them in a, with a special type of tweet, which we can get into later perhaps, um, that offers them a free book. Um, you know, the the, the sort of the, the the book I I do naturally offer for free to join in in my mailing list and then they sign up and then they're on my mailing list. And once they're on my mailing list, then I'm in a better position to build a much more intimate relationship with them. I don't, I don't think it's much harder to get intimate with people to build a proper relationship directly on Twitter, particularly when you've got a hundred thousand followers. So uh, for me, the um, one of the reasons I use it in this way is to actually use it as a funnel to get people onto my email list. And that becomes, Really valuable. The other piece, though, that the you know most authors will appreciate is that the more followers you have, the more instant credibility as an author you have. You know, a lot of people are trying to get publishing deals, and the first thing an agent or a publishing house will say to you is, "Well, t- t- tell me about your author platform." And, and by that, they mean you know how many followers on Facebook, how many Twitter followers, how many email addresses do you have? You know, how is how how good is your author platform? So actually. You kind of need to have a decent following um, in order to, to be seen as credible. And so this uh, this approach certainly addresses that. After you and I spoke last time,
1: I, it, it GG'd me along to try... Uh, Twitter lead cards and I tried to backwards engineer something you were doing on your feeds uh, and, and you can tell me about this now if you would because it feeds into how you're gathering email addresses you, you kind of seem to use some kind of hybrid of this so I, I actually ripped off your design for your videos that you do your free videos you know I, this is I, I know you do the same thing you backwards engineer things all the time and um, yep. so, so I, I, I ripped off your uh, you know your style of presentations I liked it um, and um, did the lead cards. And I have I stopped the lead cards because they were too expensive compared with the, the tests I've been doing on Facebook. So I've been building my list through Facebook. And, and, and I want to know how, how you do that because you're not paying for the leads. I'm building my list. I've just looked at my spreadsheet now. Uh, I think we've only had it going for a week. So I've added 23, 20, 23 people I've added to my list. It's 20, 22 probably, yep. actually, to my list. And, and I'm not paying anything for that. So how, how are you doing that then?
0: so are you talking about when you did the twitter lead cards you were paying for twitter advertising is that what you're saying I'm
1: paying for it yeah i'm doing the proper paid version yeah
0: so okay no right so i so to to build a twitter lead gen card to do it you know to create the um the image and the, the text that goes in the lead gen card you have to go into the advertising area of twitter and that's where twitter hide that capability and that's what i do and that's what i'm now doing on behalf of the um uh, the people on the beta including yourself okay so i go into that side of the ad side of twitter and I, I build the lead gen card okay but that's where i stop as far as um twitter and anything to do with twitter advertising is concerned and essentially i do not pay for any twitter advertising as part of this service okay so what i do uh once once you create that twitter lead gen card it's essentially then a hyperlink that you can Include in any tweet, obviously paid or normally tweeted, and when um, when someone views that tweet, including that hyperlink with the card in, um, on within Twitter, either on their desktop or on their phone, it will it will Twitter will automatically present it in the format of a lead gen card. So if you know that, then that what that means is you can actually. Um, tweet that lead gen card to anyone you want. Okay, so once you understand that, you realise, okay, well, I don't need to have Twitter advertising. I can just tweet it. Okay, so that's step one. Step two then is, well, if I just tweet it as a normal tweet, it'll it'll just be randomly seen by people um, in their Twitter stream, and, and therefore or more likely not seen, <laughs> mm. I guess, because you know people's Twitter streams these days, particularly for those who've got a lot of followers, is just flying by, and all. Also, Twitter now um, optimises by default your tweet stream, so it's no longer no longer you know reverse chronological. It's you know it's based on an al- algorithm that they've developed to try and work out the things that you're interested in, and so maybe they'll filter out that even that fancy lead gen card. So the the way I approach this is that if you do a mention tweet to somebody, uh, and a mention tweet is the same as when you reply. So if you reply to someone on Twitter, it has their hand their a twitter handle as the first piece of the um of the tweet and then when you then reply to them um, it will show up in their notifications area and most people actually do look at their notifications particularly mentions because actually that's where they're having conversations okay so um, by doing that you then put the lead gen card is in their notifications area so they're more likely to see it okay which is the important thing um, but rather than just spam People uh, with with you know randomly sending a, a mention to them. The way I do it is I automate it based on someone having followed me or followed any of the people on, on on the beta at the moment. And so, as someone follows, within an hour they will automatically get um, a mention tweet containing uh, the link to the uh, to the lead gen card and that it, and the format and the approach that i'm recommending for the authors on the service and that i use is you know to say something like thanks for following here's a free ebook or words to that effect okay and by taking all of by taking those approaches other than the cost of the tools that i'm using to automate the um the the, the tweet going within an hour later um that's it you're not having to pay twitter for any kind of advertising so that's the the kind of the secret of how it's done and the lead gen card is linked through to your email system, or in my case, to my email system, and then I pass it through to the, the people in my beta via uh, via a spreadsheet. But um, so it allows the so the person the user experiences they see the mention tweet, they see it in this fancy format with the um, lead gen card saying here's a free ebook with a lovely image, click on this button, and it and it it sends through the their email address. So they've already registered to Twitter through to that person, and then it pops through onto the email list of of the author in the service. So that's how that all works, and it avoids Twitter advertising. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, and as I say, I've got to go back to Twitter advertising because it was costing me too much, and I need to look at it again. Um, the other thing I've done, all of your email addresses, all the email addresses I'm getting from this are arriving on a, um, a Google Drive doc, um, a Google doc, and um, I found out that you could link it with Zapier, so as as you're passing me the email addresses, um, every time there's a new email coming on Google Drive, I'm sending it through Zapier to get response, and I'm automatically adding them to a sequence, a follow up sequence of emails. And you know, I got to say, this is the bit I think about the testing you're doing that I love most. I think it's just it's just wonderful what you can do nowadays. Incredible.
0: <laughs> I well, actually, that's what I recommend. So everyone who's on the beta program, who's who's doing this, I. Uh, I recommend that approach, and I give them instructions on how to do that with Zapier. Obviously, I can't, you know, cater for everyone. Some people are using Mailchimp. You're using GetResponse. I I use a combination of ConvertKit and Drip. <laughs> so everyone's got different email systems. But the great thing about Zapier um, is it will absolutely, in real time, spot the the new entry on that uh, Google Drive spreadsheet and pop it into your mail system if you set it up, which is great. And if if you're not using too much Zapier, that can also be set up completely for free. Uh,
1: yes, absolutely. And I'm also using Zapier, incidentally, to take my leads out of Facebook leads um, and put them into GetResponse because um, it is a premium item with Facebook ads. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm adding, uh, you know, a lot of leads. It's just tick, 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 tick. It's, it's remarkable. But I see that your test is also contributing to my list growth at the moment. So it's very, very good. I'm really, uh, you know, very, very happy with that bit of it. So Social Lumpf is the one I'm familiar with. And what I did after talking to you is I, I paid up all my, my money on Social Lumpf and started running. running it on my main account, um, because you'd reinvigorated my interest. And what I've done now is I've run that for a month, and I've closed it down. And now I'm trying Tweet Jukebox to compare the two. Um, uh, Because I think uh, Tweet Jukebox is, is cheaper, but I do like the um, I, I, because like you I've got so much content now because I'm doing the podcast and things like that I've got lots of things like interviews for instance on the podcast that I can quite merrily uh, tweet out and as you said right at the beginning of this interview it's not selling anything it's providing information and value so I'm very comfortable putting that on an auto tweet because the other thing is if people don't see everything you tweet do they It's it's okay on a reasonable repeat cycle to be repeating tweets I think
0: Absolutely, I'm a big believer in that. So uh, I, I call it evergreen content. So if you if you've got uh, um, if you've got great content that you've built, either podcasts or blog posts or, or whatever that that doesn't date and it can still be valuable a year or two later, then for me it's completely natural that you'd want to be still telling people about that blog post or podcast or whatever um, months after uh, you first wrote it because it's evergreen. That's the point. And so. It's a great way of adding value, sharing that content, and then also driving traffic back to your website so that you're building your brand and perhaps catching a new email address and so on and so on. So for me, it makes sense. The key point though is to not tweet the same thing too often. So for me, that kind of um, content I do on, or I set it up in the service so that it's done on a once a day basis. And uh, so people get uh, one of those kinds of tweets to go out once a day. Um, and if you've got you know, a cycle of 20 or, or 30 of those kind of blog posts or podcasts or that kind of content, that just means that it's going to take a good month or two before you cycle through it. And I think that's quite a comfortable way of approaching it.
1: Now, my um, my list or my uh, my um, followers on Twitter currently on this account are uh, two and a half thousand pretty well, two and a half thousand followers. And I think I gave it to you, I can't remember what I gave it to you with, about 200 or something, I think it was. Yeah,
0: you gave it to me at 300. 300- Oh, good. Thank you. So
1: you've <laughs> so, grown it about ten times, then, haven't you, in size? Yeah, yeah. Take,
0: so in one, yeah, in one month, we've taken it from three hundred to I actually looked just now to two thousand seven hundred and thirteen. So you know, that's yeah, you're right. Nearly t- ten times in one month, um, and pretty good going. On my, I, interestingly, Paul, for some reason, on my league of uh, the ten authors on the uh, on the beta program. Um, you've you've grown the most <laughs> <How> <laughs> so yeah um wh- whatever you're doing uh, in terms of the content or the hashtags we're using to drive uh to drive the follower growth uh, um you've you've grown it by i've got it uh yeah by oh sorry to 2100 sorry oh, sorry it's 2100 i've got you to the uh, 2700 will be what it should average out every month
1: What I've noticed, Ian, uh, looking at the followers that I'm getting at the moment, is that they're incredibly targeted. When I was doing internet marketing, I got a lot of junk, and this is one of the things that put me off. I think um, when I stopped internet marketing, I just deleted loads and loads of followers, cut it right back to genuine followers, and then just carried on from there and, and let it tick at fairly low numbers for a while. Whereas with this, not only have you grown my followers really fast, they're all authors. They're all exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and hashtags seem to have been part of that. Is that is that a typical experience across the testing?
0: It seems to be, um, and uh, it seems to be working pretty well. Certainly, the way the way I'm approaching this is to use hashtags. So the way the way the service works is it is it scans Twitter for the. I mean, you give me the hashtags. That was part of the onboarding process that we went through. As I asked you for all of the hashtags. That, you, that would make sense for you to find the kind of readers or other authors that you're looking to connect with on Twitter. And those are the ones that we've loaded up. Now, I, I can actually look at your hashtags. So, for example, um, I can see which ones are more popular than others, right? So, for example, I think there was one I saw at 20%. Yeah, the, the highest converting um, hashtag that you have is the hashtag IARTG, which is the I think is the in, stands for the Indie Authors Retweet Group, <laughs> okay? Wow. And of the two thousand followers that we've generated for you in the last month, um, seventy uh, followed you because of that hashtag, and uh, we no sorry, my apologies, twenty-eight followed you because of that um, based. On 70 that we followed first on your behalf, so that's actually a conversion ratio of 20%. So although it's not the highest um, hashtag in terms of, of uh, you know the, the number of people that we followed, it's the it's the best converting one. Okay, whereas something like hashtag am editing, yeah, we've actually followed 305 people using that hashtag and got back 84 followers, which is nearly a 14% conversion ratio. So you know, we can, I'm able to optimize the system over time, and that's certainly one of the things I'm looking to do with um, with each author. And I'm looking here, your worst one, just so you know, is hashtag must read, um, where we followed actually 512 people. So that's actually quite a popular hashtag that you people use, but the, the, you only got 47 followers back because of that hashtag. So that's a 4.6% conversion ratio. So it's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating data that is. Yeah, uh, that really is very interesting Um because you know, obviously, I'm using hashtags all the time. So, for instance, I use "am writing" is the one I use the most, uh, and I haven't even heard of that hashtag. My best converting one. Um I, I pinched it off you, off your, off your demonstration. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you've educated me. I'd never even heard of it. Wouldn't have known to use it. So, um, I've le- you know, I'm learning something from this. I'm learning a lot from it. Um, it's fascinating stuff. Um, what softwares are you using here? in in the background? Are you are you able to reveal that, or is this your magic potion that you can't reveal? No,
0: that's that's partly my magic potion. The one I talk about is um, social loom because it's all over my book, and uh, and I am able to use that in this way. And the the, the rest I'm um, I, I, I've half commissioned and half developed. Uh, sorry, half commissioned and and half re- reused package software so I'm I'm kind of keeping that to myself if you don't
1: mind (laughs) no no that no well that's absolutely it I mean this is you know this is how you make something that attracts people because we can't get it anywhere else that's absolutely fine um the the other thing is is that um you know I'm I'm just one person one of your 10 people and there was quite a lot of stuff for me to do to set it up you know researching hashtags coming up with um lead cards and all of this sort of stuff now you've had to do that times 10 times you know you must be um, pretty work run off your feet with all of this as well, setting it up.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the whole purpose of having a beta, because what it's taught me is um, I absolutely need to industrialise the process of capturing all that data. So if you if you you know you've been through this, so you've what you, you, you watched the maturity of it actually, because um, when I first did it, I was trying to do it all on emails and email responses. Um, and that was okay for the hashtag because it was kind of quite, quite easy to do. But then when I started getting into collecting, I mean, we've already talked earlier about the, the um, uh, all of the, the tweet queue that we set up with all of your evergreen content. And I tried using a kind of a spreadsheet approach and a Google, shared Google Drive to, to capture that information from the 10 authors. And it was fine for some, but terrible for others. Some people have never used a spreadsheet before, which is kind of, I should have thought of that really, um, and so uh, and then by the time I got to the uh, the whole email piece where we set up the um, the Twitter lead gen card and that email process, I'd done I'd bitten the bullet and I'd um, created a way within uh, the website um, to um, to build forms that capture the data and are very specific and and that's been much better. So I'm actually going to go back and. Um, redo the earlier parts of the process so that I'm using um, forms-based approach to capture all of the data, which is actually better anyway because it allows me to, um, <clears throat> um, to to have less errors but also to propose things to people. You know, you mentioned that hashtag you didn't even know about. Uh, I can have those in a, in a tick list rather than have people do the research. So, uh, And that will make it easier. They will learn something um, and also makes it easier on the back end for me when I'm actually setting it up. And then just becomes a bit more of a a cut and paste exercise or copy and paste exercise for me to take the data that the authors give me through the forms and then populate it into the correct parts of the um of the the tools I'm using behind the service
1: so we're a month in now the setup's done and things are just you know the engine's just ticking away nicely and I know this is a three-month trial for you so what's going to be happening in the next month we are going to uh, keep up with you through the trial to hear how it's going what happens next
0: so right now we've got a month in um, we talked about some of your numbers so look, across the ten authors um, we, we've grown their accounts by a total of eighteen thousand three hundred and sixty two in the four weeks but that includes the um, the setup period um, I've done the extrapolation and it looks like on average um, the authors in here are going to all grow Grow at over 2,000 followers um, a month using this service. The range is between 1,672 and yourself at 2,713. So that's pretty good growth that people can expect to achieve using this service. That's pretty good. So I'll be doing more on the analysis of that, and but I think we'll be able to run at that run rate going forward, which is fine. And I'm pretty sure I can scale that across, you know, many more authors that's going to be good the bit that's kind of new over the last sort of um eight or nine days has been the email um and we've kind of I've got that going now for four out of the 10 authors i've got, got three more to onboard um and i've got three that don't want to do the email and that's the whole point of the service you know this not every element of the service is is what everyone will want to use and that's absolutely fine so there's, there's three people who, who don't really want to use it for gathering email addresses um, but of the sort of over the eight or nine days so far, we're actually getting a. Uh, we've had about um, an average of 20 emails per uh, uh, for each of the four authors over eight or nine days. I've done the maths, and if it carries on like this, that means each author is going to get an average of around 68, 70 emails a month using this um, service and using these techniques. Um, which is a conversion ratio from the average of 2,000 authors of about 3.3%. So for every, another way of saying that is for every 100 followers someone gets through this service, if they're, if they're doing the email element of it, then we'll get them 3.3 um, new subscribers to their email address. So um, that's that's all good. So we'll look at all those maths going forward. Um, and uh, uh, that will be um, interesting to, to analyze. And then the piece I'm going to and then we'll have more um, people on board on the email when we talk next month. And then the piece I want to do some work on after that is a lot more on the statistics. I'm going to look at some more reporting as part of the service. And then I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I also want to look at which hashtags work better for authors and, it, and see if that's consistent across authors. Because a lot of a lot of the authors are using the same similar hashtags, and there's lots of differences, of course. Um, And see if they're consistent. I think there's a pattern around days of the week. Um, Certain days seem to be better for follower growth than others. So I want to understand that. So I think there's lots that we can um, learn from this, (laughs) um, which I'm more than happy to to share. And then the other piece of all this is I'll be building the website and the the whole whole, um, onboarding process. And if that's interesting to people, we can talk about that as well. Well, we should talk about
1: the fact that you are adding people to the waiting list now because you've got a couple of nice sites up there. So anybody listening to this who wants to get a bit of the action as soon as it's available, where where can they head
0: for, Ian? So the website I've created um, for this is called um, authorplatformsidekick.com. So if you go there, there's not much information on there at the moment. That's very deliberate on my part. I'm I'm trying to still stay a little bit low key. Um, but on the front page there's a sign-up form and if anyone is interested in um, joining the waiting list and then as more information comes out probably in the next sort of six to eight weeks um, then I'll release that to, through the email list and uh, people can uh, learn more and then hopefully when I launch it and I think that will be in about two months time um, then uh, people can choose to subscribe to the service but the important piece is having gone through this beta with the 10 authors um We'll, we'll, we'll have some good stats to, to know and be able to set realistic expectations about what can be achieved through the service, which is, which is you know, I want to make this as uh, um, transparent as possible for everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's Author Platform Bootcamp. All the information you need can be found in the show notes. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to make sure you never miss out on one of our future boot camps.